Seven Days to Play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I'm Edwin. And I'm Sam. For the past seven days, I have chosen for us to play Death Trap Dungeon from Fighting Fantasy Games. And uh, Death Trap Dungeon is a originally a 1984 adventure book, if you will. Mm, okay. It's got some history an, to it. An Ian Livingstone. Is it Livingstone or Livingston? How would you pronounce that if there if the end of that word if the end of that last name start ends with uh S T O N E. Mm, I'm gonna say Livingston. Livingston. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. the proper way, right? There is that, that little that magic E. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As we all know, I want to say in America it would probably be Livingstone, but Livingston sounds right. It is a very British themed mm-hmm. <laughs> experience, so let's go with that. Uh, and it seemed like it was really popular in the eighties. It you know has some like fan favorite. It's like has a, a little cult following. Um, and I think the reason why it was so popular is because normally a game like Dungeons and Dragons involves numerous people, at least two, right? Like you need to have a dungeon master that's taking you through an adventure. Uh, and then a player that reacts to what the dungeon master is doing. Was there ever a dragon master? Mm, well, anyone could really be a dragon master, Edwin. You could be a dragon master if you want to. In fact, right now... Suddenly, my interest is peaked. You shall now be known as Edwin <laughs> the dragon, dragon master. master. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just yes. have to go update my business cards. Yeah. I mean, you have to. <laughs> Change your LinkedIn profile. That's oh boy <laughs> i've not logged a in a while that you're really good at dragon mastering oh yeah will you will mm. you vouch for my skills yes i've not, I'm not logged into linkedin for about three years i shudder to think how big my private message queue is oh good for yeah. the high quality contacts of course <laughs> but anyway we're not here to talk about networking we're here to talk about dungeons and death traps dungeons and death traps double um, d so this is the latest version of Death Trap Dungeon. Uh, there seems to be like previous versions, previous electronic versions, multiple reprints of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why this is so popular is because it kind of provides that good mix of a hybrid between a choose-your-own-adventure book, right? Which then you have multiple paths, but as well as a gameplay element like Dungeons & Dragons where you have to get some dice and do some mm. rolling. Yes. And fighting some people. So there's that extra chance of randomness that happens with your dice. Right. Yes. If you're not a dragon master like me, when you have a encounter with a bad guy, you can use the dice to like determine how strong or how weak your attacks are or like how much damage the the enemy does. It kind of gives you some randomization into the into the game. Right. Uh and so I roll a D twenty. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, nope. but I've heard people say it. It's a D20 means it's a 20-sided dice. So you roll a 20-sided dice. Oh, so that's a lot of sides. a D6, you have a D4, you have a D10, you have a, D- a D12. Oh, D4 is just a, a triangle, a pyramid. Yeah, a pyramid. Yep. Oh, I'm learning so much uh, I don't think there's a D16. I think there's a D12, a D10, and a D20. There's even a D100 which is kind of like a golf ball. A circle. Oh. <laughs> how do yeah, you, how do you tell what's on top? <laughs> it's, uh, it's very difficult. <laughs> you kind of have to drop the ball. If you roll it, it'll just like keep on rolling. <laughs> like that song. Um, uh, okay, but in this case, we are just playing with D6s. 
Yes, we're playing with conventional dice that you might find somewhere in your house or amongst your children's toys. If you've ever wanted to roll dice on top of an actor's head, now is your chance. <laughs> now is your chance to do so. Thankfully, this electronic version provides electronic versions of the dice that goes all over James Marsden's face. <laughs> Eddie Marsden. Eddie Marsden, yeah. I think James Marsden was Spike in Buffy. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> Another fine British actor. Not really British. Oh, no, right. He was American, but doing a British accent. Right. Right. Yes. How would you, out of a, out of a 10, how would you rate James Martin's, Marsden's British accent? So a 10 being the queen. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't, I'm going to give it like a six. Like it's not the worst. Right. But, but it's obvious it's, that it's not a real accent. I mean, I will be honest. I didn't realize Renee Zellweger was not British. Oh, really? <laughs> well, my only exposure to be to her has been through the Bridget Jones. Yeah, but I heard that her that accent time. was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm rating movie. her as like a she's like an eight. I would say. Hmm. Interesting. What about uh, Daniel Radcliffe? What would you rate Daniel Radcliffe's <laughs> British accent? He is British, so it's, <laughs> oh, it's default ten. <laughs> But in this game, you get Eddie Marsden, who, if you've seen Ray Donovan, Showtime's Emmy-nominated Ray Donovan show, where um, Liv Shriver is the titular Donovan. Uh, Eddie Marsden plays his brother. Mm. Have you watched Ray Donovan at all? Uh, no. No. What, what is it on? Is it on the Showtime. Netflix, Hulu, Showtime? Okay. Uh, Showtime. What's the logline of, of Ray Donovan? Ray Donovan. Uh, I'm very wary of shows that have just the name as the show title. Ray Donovan is a celebrity fixer. So he fixes mm. problems for celebrities, but he can't fix the problems in his own family. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. But it does have his father as played by John Voight. Okay. Which is mildly entertaining. I'd say like the first two seasons are okay. Then it kind of goes off the rails. Kitty Holmes shows up wearing uh, dental dental braces and then everything just gets strange from then on oh that's strange that's an odd choice it is an odd choice yeah a character and actor <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh, eddie marsden does play Ray, one of ray donovan's brothers with a boston accent yeah right this game is a little unique because it is just eddie marsden sat on a nice comfy chair yes talking, talking to, to you quite slowly uh, rather than you you know, what the normal convention of this, this game is that you're reading a book, right? Mm-hmm. You're reading a book, uh, you're going through different options, you know, like it gives you some selections of like, okay, do you want to go west or do you want to go east? Towards the west, there's like a dark hallway that you're not sure of. Towards the east, there is a, it's like, you know, there are torches and you see wet footprints, right? And then like, that's essentially the gameplay mechanics. And then, you know, I would assume in the book, it's like, okay, I'm going to go east so if so, go to page 25, right? And then you proceed from there on out. But in this electronic version, it's little Eddie sat on a chair, tells you the story <laughs> of what's happening. He's right. quite little. There's, uh, there's nice subtitles, you know, just in case it's very hard to follow along in, with his accent. It's not. It's very, very pleasing and nice to listen to. Um, it is. And then you make choices. The choices are simply buttons that appear at the bottom of your screen. And you see a rocking video of Eddie Marsden sort of waiting for your answer. 
(laughs) (laughs) And then as soon as you make the selection, it pans to like the next scene of where he talks about like essentially the the following pages of the story. That's right. And there is other nice elements of um, interaction. Like if you gain health or gain, um, what do they call it, stamina, or you lose Mm -hmm. health, uh, those, you know, nicely animated with your little icons on the side as Eddie, Eddie Marsden is talking to you. Right. And I guess those are like the main gameplay elements. Uh, it's like you have, you know, in like Dungeons and Dragons, you have, I believe there are like six uh, attributes, right? Six attributes. Like you have strength, intelligence, wisdom. This is going back to like our <laughs> first like, episode. You know, I was thinking, <laughs> like, hang on, is this, am I in December 2015? Right. So in Dungeons and Dragons, we have like strength, constitution, dexterity, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, right? Oh, as I, uh, I'm very aware. <laughs> <laughs> and in Death Trap Dungeon, there's only three, which makes it a little bit easier. And I think those are uh, split up between, let me see if I can remember. I believe it's strength. Yes. Stamina. Yes. And luck. Mm, yes. Right. Uh, and it's all sort of like boiled down to those three aspects. Uh, I think the maximum that you can get in the beginning of any of those is like a 12, right? Because you're rolling two dice to, to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you can also... Um, so in the beginning of the game, it gives you like a couple of options to, to start the game off, right? Which I thought was pretty interesting and, you know, makes it a lot, a lot more accessible. You can select three pre-selected characters that you can go with, mm-hmm. each one sort of having their own specialties. Um, or you can like roll your own character, meaning like you have to roll the dice to set these attributes for your character. Right. Uh, who, did you, who did you go with, Edwin? So, well, you won't be surprised to hear that I went with a pre-made character because it has already taken quite some time to get to that point. <laughs> I've forgotten who I chose. Was it, uh, was it a man or a woman? It was a man. Uh, yeah, I think it was a person who had like a lot of stamina. If that's the case. Yeah, I think so. I may have accidentally opened a ball of poisonous spores and lost some health, but it didn't seem to do too much, too much damage. <laughs> so maybe I do have quite a lot of stamina. Uh, I think I went with a woman who had like this really interesting thing where she has like a lot of luck. Uh, and if you ever get into fighting someone and you can't defeat that person that you're fighting, after like three rounds of fighting them, they just drop dead. Because you are, you have like this, you know, magical or like special thing around you where people who challenge you like fall to their demise, which I thought was like interesting. Mm, That is quite lucky. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's essentially the game. You're going around trying to make your way through this death trap dungeon. There's a whole story around why this death trap dungeon exists, why you're in this thing, uh, expositions on like how you got into this challenge. Uh, and right. it's about just going through this dungeon, taking different routes and making your way through or uh, falling to your demise. Oh no, my demise. <laughs> uh, yeah. okay let's talk about the presentation of this game because there's a lot going on now sam what room do you think he's sitting in 
Like, where uh, is he? Because this kind of looks like a cross between like a greenhouse, because there's a lot right. of plants, but then there's also suitcases, another sofa, and then like another chair behind him. It's this kind of like... <laughs> oh, and there's a what is fire that? burning. <laughs> what is that TV show where it was like a weekly show, kind of like an anthology story? Jack and Ori. Um, no. <laughs> and it was a British show. In the beginning, it's like, you know, it is kind of like this person in like a cozy den that tells you like the intro of the story. Yes. Um, it, ca- it has that vibe, right? It's like, oh, you've caught me in my study. It does. I only know... I'm going to tell you an interesting story. Well, all I know is from Sesame Street where there's Monster Peace Theatre with the Cookie Monster. Right. So it is Masterpiece Theatre. Masterpiece yeah. Theatre. Like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a very strange room. That was one of the first things I noticed. Because... It is. I mean, it's obviously like a set with props all around. Right. But if you say like, this would be a dungeon, like maybe he should be in a dungeon kind of room. It's, or but... like maybe in a library. If he's like, ah, oh, I shall regale you with old stories. But no, here I am with some extra excess furniture and plants. Uh, curious, curious staging choices. You know, I'll see who the set designer is. I shall have a words with them. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Eddie Marzen because he's, uh, I mean, he is a joy to watch. Like there is mm-hmm. something just pleasing about watching an actor and watching them just deliver lines to camera. That yeah. alone is just fantastic. And I thought, you know, if someone told me about this premise, I would have immediately been like, okay, that seems silly. I'm not going to watch this guy just tell me a story, right? Mm-hmm. But then as soon as he started, there's a couple of things I noticed. One, I was drawn into the story a lot more than I thought I would be. Like the way he just like unraveled the story, I was like, oh, I'm kind of into this, right? It was like a good mix between me being conditioned with podcasts mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I love it when people tell me stories. Uh, that there was something very inviting about the way that he was presenting this. Um, the other thing that I noticed is, I don't know, like, normally when you see people do these things, you see their eyes, mm. right? Yeah. Like, reading the lines on some sort of teleprompter. But <laughs> I don't know if he's just such a pro that he's actually memorized some of these lines. Yeah. But I really noticed that I couldn't notice him reading the lines. I was a little bemused by the choice of delivery. Like he's talking mm. very slowly and deliberately. And you are soothing, right. soothing my voice as I tell you this story. But what I'm going to tell you about are orcs that are going to rip <laughs> your flesh off from your bones. Now, would you like to scream loudly in terror? <laughs> Like for something that's supposed to be like, oh, you're exploring a dungeon and fighting enemies. The delivery was just a little bit at, at odds with that. Like there's no kind of excitement. It's all very sort of, ah, oh, hello. <laughs> you know? Right, which I just exactly. Kind of, it was an interesting choice. For me, it didn't quite work. I would have perhaps liked a little bit more suspense or excitement kind of put mm. into it because this is an ex- exciting scenario you're in. And then him ha- right. to have him sort of be a little... Like very sort of deliberate and um, a little bit like aloof, I guess. Uh, uh, it's a choice. It didn't quite stick for me yeah. though. <laughs> I don't know. I think overall, it kind of it like it worked more than it it didn't. Mm, like it's a, it's a genre thing, right? That's kind of what yeah you expect. Maybe it's kind of what dungeon masters do. I feel as mm. well. Like if you're ever in like a tabletop role playing situation, like 
they never talk really quickly, right? It's like, okay, and then you have to do this. And it's like, you know, like you don't really want to be rushed with your decision, yeah. mm-hmm. right? It's more like, okay, here's the situation. There's a deadly snake that's right in front of you that's about to bite you. Behind you is a doorway that you might be able to reach, right? It's not like, okay, now there's a snake and then there's a door. What are you going to do? No, it's not. <laughs> you know, you can't, you know, I don't think it's a, an enjoyable experience if that happens. So <laughs> I think it is in like the genre of the game that he's presenting, which I think really works. Yeah. The other thing I noticed was it felt both simultaneously expensive, but also cheap. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, because, you know, this is like, it's a well-made set. It's well lit. You have Eddie Marsden talking to you, who's great. Right. But then on the other side, you can tell they've done takes on several different days because the audio quality changes. And then sometimes, <laughs> I mean, it made me laugh out loud. Like when you're fighting, he's there waiting for you to make your choice. And then as soon as you make your choice, it cuts to like a side view of him. Uh, and it's just instantly jumping between camera angles is so jarring. And kind of right. sort of feels a little amateurish, you know. Right. When that first happened, I was like, oh, this is a multi-camera operation. I'm impressed. It's just not a thing you actually see on TV is really, or like on, on screen is, you know, someone's talking to you and then you suddenly cut to a different camera view and their body is in a completely different place or like in a completely different pose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's like, you know, you'd see they turn over to where the camera is, you know, if you think about like a newscaster or something, but you know, um, and then like when you're fighting, that's happening all the time because you roll the dice, cut to the side where he tells you what happens and then go back to rolling the dice. And that just made me laugh every time I would choose an action and then it would suddenly cut to him from the side. (laughs) Totally. And I think it's, those are like kind of the awkward moments. And I mean, like any operation like this, I feel like there's tons of branches that they have to consider and i'm sure it's pretty difficult but yeah you're absolutely right in that that is where maybe like the production or like the direction can really shine mm-hmm. uh and, and make sure like there's some continuity that happens there but also like the risk of like these pre-recorded things right is that yeah it's going to be hard to try and put together every single scenario in a way that it feels cohesive but yeah you certainly just you kind of see the the seams or you see the joins a little mm-hmm. bit more obviously um like perhaps you could have cut to like an animated sequence and just have his voice or something like that while right. you're fighting but yeah and maybe and maybe that's the reason why they decided to have him just be calm and collected throughout the entire thing mm. right, <laughs> right. If, if there trying was, to match emotions if, as well would be exactly <laughs> let's go to the three by threes three things that please and three things that displease <laughs> One day I'm going to come, come up with a better slogan, but that is not this day. <laughs> so I'll start. Um, I do think that this is one of those, you know, I haven't seen a game around in a while where it actually does this sort of uh, storytelling with a person mm. telling you the story in video form. So I felt that was quite unique. I haven't seen it in a while. I haven't seen it done this well uh, and have it really be effective in terms of a storytelling device for me. Uh, so if you're if you're into sort of experiencing what uh, a single player Dungeons and Dragons thing might feel like, this might be the game because I I totally bought in as soon as uh, Eddie Morrison started speaking. <laughs> yeah, I kind of bounced off the story a little bit, like no surprise. But watching an actor, you know, watching a professional trained actor 
just deliver a monologue is just so captivating. Like everything about them is so considered, like even how they kind of move their hands, how they look mm-hmm. at the camera, how they speak is just totally captivating. It just reminds me of how much I sometimes enjoy going to see like a single, single person theater shows. I dragged my boyfriend to see the like, John uh, Lithgow show, which is just so good. <laughs> Stories by heart with John Lithgow. <laughs> And actor headshot. <laughs> oh, that that cover of him like having the different faces, like oh, ah, mm. <laughs> this kind of reminded me of that uh, though, because it's just someone doing a monologue uh, to camera um, or to the audience. But it is just fascinating. It's totally captivating. Right. I didn't really pay much attention to what he was saying, but <laughs> but I was captivated nevertheless. Yeah. Um, my second good point is. This provides like a uh, kind of like a choose your own adventure style that I haven't really got into mm. um, in in like a mobile game format uh, in a while. Like, you know, I think people attempted to do some like text based adventures, but it's like, hey, you have a mobile device. Like, why would you play a text based adventure? Right. Mm. Um, and so I think this is like a good mix of medium that really works for the mobile. So if you're into trying out what a choose your own adventure game might actually feel like for a mobile game, like this is definitely the one to check out. Yeah. As you said, it was a nice mix of choose your own adventure, but then also some Dungeons and Dragons sort of combat um, kind of systems there, which was, yeah, yeah, I think it worked well as a, as a combination um, my third good point is like this is a branching storyline, so there and this is kind of a mix between a good point and a bad point. Uh, so there is replayability. So I can see like if I chose a different character from the beginning, I might have different strategies and, and what mm-hmm. to do. Like, do I fight or do I avoid? Uh, and on top of that, like there are multiple, literally multiple branching paths and the roads that you take. So I can see how a different playthrough can be completely different from the one that I've started, but because it is overall going to be the same death trap dungeon, uh, it is kind of limiting in that sense. Yeah. They sort of mix together the sort of on screen UI elements with the video, video pieces. You know, you've got the, you know, the transitions work pretty quickly Whereas you choose a segment. Um, the, the potions and your health meters change with a nice little animation as Eddie Marsden is telling you what's happening. Um, right. The dice, I mean, the dice animation is good. It's strange that it rolls on his face, but, you know. <laughs> but you've got to roll somewhere, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is kind of odd, right? Um, that it sort of, it kind of breaks the fourth, uh, breaks the wall, breaks the fourth wall. <laughs> right, because it's the, this, essentially the, the dice are being rolled on your phone screen. Right. Over the top, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I wish there was something like a little, some mechanic to to separate that, right? Like I can easily see, I don't know, maybe like the the view of the camera, like panning to the left or something. And then you see the dice roll and then you go back to Eddie Marson, Mm -hmm. right? Like something like that where it doesn't just roll it on his face. (laughs) In general, the dice rolling or the interaction parts felt the most clumsy. Let's transition to the bad points. Um, They've, that kind of where the the sort of the illusion and the seams were really ov- a little bit more obvious about like how it was made. Um, I would have liked to have seen them, yeah, maybe cut to like an animated sequence or mm. 
kind of cut away. Like I don't need to see Eddie Marsden just staring at me, waiting for me to choose. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. My my other bad point is that this is it's obviously like a choose your own adventure inspired game because some choices that you think are going to be wise, like when you get to towards like I don't know maybe like twenty minutes into the game, uh, one choice that you think might be right can just be completely wrong and it ends your game right then and there, mm. right? Without giving any hints of success or failure. So I think I was at uh, one section where there was a gem that I had to remove or I, I had like a choice of removing like three gems. Mm. I chose one gem out of three and then that gem just you know blew up <laughs> in my face with a poisonous oh, gas. No. And then I fell and I died. That was it. I had like full health. I had full, you know, stamina. Mm. I was ready to go and I just made that silly choice and I died. Thankfully, there are pretty good save points that allows me to just continue from like right before I made that choice. But I thought that was kind of like silly. Yeah, right. Like you should at least be able to have an option to recover from your mistakes. Right, yeah. It's a pretty slow start as well. You essentially need to sit through sort of 10 minutes of exposition before you kind of even get to the first interactive moment. Um, Mm -hmm. I would have, I mean, this by now is just an old trope of me complaining about this, but uh, I would have liked to have maybe seen a little bit more interaction pulling you in sooner because otherwise you're just listening to an audio book for 10 minutes. Right. (laughs) Which Yeah. It is a hard sell. Yeah, it is a hard sell as a as a mobile thing. Like, I think the only reason why I was able to get into it as much as I did is because I was home. Like, I don't know if I would actually, mm-hmm. you know, consume this if I was commuting. Right. Yeah. But it's an interesting, pretty interesting premise. I mean, the other downside is it is three and a half gigabytes on your phone, which you know, <laughs> I mean, if it's yeah. going to be several hours of HD video, I understand why, but. Yeah, that's still that's still a chunk of change. Why do you have three gigs of Eddie Martin videos <laughs> on your phone? <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, no reason. <laughs> um, so, Edwin, yes. what is your final seven-day rating for Death Trap Dungeon? My final seven-day rating for Eddie Martin's Double D is uh, it's a three-day for me. Uh, it's, in, it's a little enjoyable. I wasn't really hooked on the story. To no one's surprise, um, the combat I wasn't super engaged with, um, but I did very much enjoy watching an actor deliver lines to camera in a way that's just uh, totally captivating. Yeah, it's a a four days for Mm -hmm. me. Um, I think I really enjoyed uh, kind of the novelty of it. Um, That's not a pun because this is not a book. I yeah, it's kind of like the first thing, first game that really succeeded in like this whole you know full motion video of a person just talking to you, telling you a story. Um, and I've gotten into it. Like I, I finished like one route. Oh, nice. of the thing. Like I don't think I've uh, I, I haven't beaten the dungeon, uh, but I've made it like pretty far where I feel like I got a good experience of like what the game is like. I would like to finish it, but I don't know if I will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I will revisit it. I definitely enjoyed my time with it during those four days. I loved watching Eddie Marzen just speaking from his uh, <laughs> from his studded leather couch. 
but yeah, I don't know if I will continue. Yeah, maybe we would have liked to have seen like, oh, hey, if you have 20 minutes, play this quick challenge. If you have an hour or want a longer adventure, choose this. I don't know, but still, yeah. <laughs> How funny would it be if um, throughout the middle of this game, Eddie Marsden just goes, oh, hey, if you want to remove ads, <laughs> <laughs> tap now and for one ninety nine, you can remove all ads from this game. otherwise build it beautiful with squarespace (laughs) do you have a project in mind yes (laughs) you can make it with squarespace build it beautiful (laughs) all right sam that was your choice uh which means it now falls to me to pick the game for the next seven days and oh heaven help me i'm picking what can only be described as a sam game we are going back Mm. back to apple arcade because Sam, you have seven days to play. Who oh boy, Necro Barista. Oh, I like the name. Well, you're gonna love the tagline even more: death, coffee, and feelings. Oh, <laughs> I may come to regret choosing this. <laughs> that sounds like a tagline that if I told you, <laughs> it would just be eye rolls for days on end. <laughs> I cannot disagree with that. <laughs> Necro barista. So it's like a coffee maker for the dead. I'm led to believe it is a spellbinding story of necromancy, friendship, and letting go. Oh boy. This is totally not up your alley. I'm very impressed that you selected this. <laughs> well, what can I say? Sometimes I'm full of surprises. This game will take up two gigs. Which means oh, okay. I do need to remove... <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> Goodbye, Eddie. It's time for next week's game. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Before we go, Sam, do you have a thing of the week? Uh, I do have a thing of the week. Great, because that happens every single show. <laughs> uh, so, are you familiar with the game called Last of Us? Uh, yes. Vaguely. It is a very cinematic game from a game company called Naughty Dog. Um, They've recently came out with a second version of the game called, surprise, surprise, The Last of Us 2. (laughs) But it's not like T-O-O. It's Last of Us as number two, which thankfully they've done. (laughs) Um... And this game is sort of a, it's a continuation of the first story following some of the same characters, but there is kind of a twist to it that people are freaking out about. Um, Mm. I'd heard there was some drama. There is a lot of drama around this game. Uh, Primarily from this, like the, the story of the game was leaked before the game got released because there were some disgruntled, uh, I guess, game developers. Mm -hmm that leaked the story, which was very bad on them. Um, and so they rushed to release it. They weren't going to initially release it during this whole pandemic because they felt it was a little inappropriate and the timing just wasn't right uh, because the the story is about a big pandemic that wipes out most of human population and turns them into zombies or something mm. like that. Um, the second drama is that, you know, there are some characters in this game that are... Uh, of masculine nature like there's this one character that's really buff and 
people are having huge problems with it, saying really inappropriate things and just like things that you shouldn't say, right? Okay. Um, but I have to say, I love these characters. They are really well fleshed out characters. That's telling a really interesting story. I don't think the story is really groundbreaking, uh, but just very enjoyable as a well crafted piece of media. So mm. making my way through it, enjoying it immensely, but probably we'll have more thoughts on it later. A famous giraffe scene, apparently. This is what I'm looking reading about on, Pol- yes, on Polygon. <laughs> That's the first one. That's from the first game. Okay. Oh, I see. The Last of Us 2 outdoes the first game's giraffe scene. <laughs> well, we'll come back and see if you agree with that next week. Mm. Uh, Edwin, do you have a thing of the week? I do. Because also we do this every week. Um, <laughs> Sam, question. Pop quiz. What is the worst meal of the day? I'd say lunch. Oh, right. It's the worst. Yeah. Especially nowadays, right. you're working from home, you're beavering away in front of a computer, and suddenly, right. oh, it's 12 o'clock, oh boy, I've got to make something, I have what to a drag. I face with something, yeah. Right, you're just like, I need something quick, I'm like, what am I, ah, uh, it's the worst. I have a visceral reaction to lunch now that <laughs> I don't have the incredible luxury of someone making lunch for me every day. Um, <laughs> so may I suggest to you... A recipe, because sometimes we like to talk about recipes on this show. Uh, of tuna and white bean salad, which I've been making mm. uh, a couple of times. Uh, it's from the esteemed Food and Wine magazine, uh, linked in the show notes. But I would, I would guess you have 80% of these ingredients in your house right now. Except for and tuna. I don't have cans of tuna, unfortunately. Mm. Okay. Are you, is that deliberate or a choice or just I don't know. Like, I don't think we, we really eat a lot of Tuna. Mm, well, maybe this will change your mind because this is takes about five minutes to prep, and mm. you can be eating a delicious salad within ten minutes. Um, yeah, check it out. <laughs> That's been a savior of mine because, like, we've been during the winter months. Roberto was great. We've talked about previously on the show, but now right. that it's ninety degrees outside, uh, a warming, spicy Italian soup is not really what I want for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm already sweaty. We have, we still have been enjoying Roberto every now and then. Um, mm. You know, sometimes it's nice to have a hot soup during a hot day. It cools your body, I feel. But by making you sweat more, exactly. <laughs> right. As I've never been entirely convinced by that argument, but I'm glad <laughs> that some people like it. For me, I will do anything just to sweat less. But yes, if you are looking for a quick and easy lunch because you're stuck at home for 99% of the hours of the day, uh, this tuna and white bean salad has been very enjoyable. I am a fan of your recipe recommendations. All of them have (laughs) been a hit in the the Sam household. Uh, You have recommended the uh, Roberto, which has been a staple in our house, as well as the new salad that you've just recommended, which was the... uh, the, the subway sandwich salad <laughs> if i had to um, oh yes yeah. You sent, yeah you sent me that yes i do need to check that out that does have a lot more ingredients doesn't it yeah well, it does have a lot of ingredients yeah so yeah. and uh need to prep that and also you recommended that to me i have not tried oh, it yet i forgot but, uh, i for some reason i thought you recommended to me i was like this was a hit i love it <laughs> i mean i'll, I'll willingly take credit <laughs> yeah i'll definitely check it out tuna and white bean sounds good Hopefully there are more ingredients than just tuna and white bean. 
red onions, capers, some greens. Like they suggest watercress, but I put in like parsley and some chives or whatever has whatever you have to hand. Some olive oil, some red or white wine vinegar, and that's really it. And it's quite delicious. Also, it's, this recipe is for four, but uh, you can like halve it, and it works works great. Well, the Roberto recipe was also for f- for two, mm, which that's, that's a lot. But absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I don't know a lot who, who these two people are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of soup to suck down. In a but yeah, it, it takes us like a week to go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has a lot of soup. Right. And that is our show. Sam, you have seven days to play Necro Barista. Necro Barista. This is the second game with the word barista in it or some alteration of it. We had Farista before. So. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Another classic game. <laughs> Well, we'll see if this can live up to Furrister's Cat Cafe. I suspect there'll be less cats and maybe more death, but we'll find out. Join us in seven days and see how we do uh, next week. Follow us along on Twitter and Instagram at 7 Days to Play. You can find us on Spotify at 7 Days to Play. 7 Days to Play. 7 Days to Play.